Hi, and welcome to another episode of Joyful Balance, the podcast with me, Denise. Hi, I'm Mira. And today we have the pleasure of hearing all the things we want to hear about Mira. So on this particular episode, I am going to interview my lovely co-host and hopefully shed more light on who she is and what that she do and why she's here. Not on this planet, but as in why she's here on the <laughs> podcast with me. Oh my God, answers are a postcard for that. Gosh. <laughs> yes, I think metaphysical and like the philosophy philosophical conversations will be had but later okay so yeah I was gonna say we'll get there we'll get there (laughs) thank you Mira for agreeing to be interviewed how are you I'm good thank you yeah no doing well I'm enjoying a quiet Sunday or are we allowed to say that it's Sunday we'll say that it's Sunday I'm enjoying a quiet time period to myself which is always uh which is always great I've got a coffee I'm I'm ready to go I'm relaxed good Good. How so, about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And yeah. Yeah. My life is good at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's stay with that particular group. Okay. Um <laughs> so my first question to you mm. is of course, because I'm a curious cat, but I want to know what attracted you to neuroscience? How did you get there? As in was it always a dream or do you know what? It, I wouldn't say it was always a dream. I, I've been interested in the mind for a very long time. Um, so if I really want to go back, uh, I originally wanted to study medicine. Like it was kind of the dream to be a doctor. I mean, I'm Asian, so, you know, that's classic. But no, I genuinely did, did want to do that. And, and that didn't kind of pan out. And the one thing that I discovered a love for was for psychology when I was doing my, mm. my A-levels. And um, pursued it at university, really enjoyed the degree, and wasn't all what I wanted to do afterwards. What millennials do when they don't know what they want to do with the rest of their career is they keep studying. And so when I was graduating from psychology, I was kind of looking at other courses. And, and I think in my third year of my undergraduate, I did some pockets of neuroscience and ended up doing a clinical neuroscience master's at, uh, in a London university. and so glad I did it actually because one it was really really tough but two um I got to study along medical students alongside medical students who took it up as an extra degree or they were already qualified trying to get into neurosurgery for example and just really loved it and and like I said in a previous podcast episode as soon as you say you've done neuroscience like it massively like increases what everyone thinks your IQ actually is which is worth doing it was worth the year of pain of doing the the, the <laughs> masters just for the street cred alone. But no, it was it was genuinely a very very interesting masters, and I and I absolutely loved it. I probably in some ways enjoyed it more than my undergrad. Uh, and yes, yeah, so that's kind of what made me want to pursue it. Mm. And how did you get yourself specialized in nutrition for the brain? Because that comes yeah. after neuroscience. Came right? way, way later. Yeah. So as one does when they finish an undergraduate in uh, psychology and masters in neuroscience, I actually went into the financial services sector. Mm. Uh, so I joined a fancy grad scheme, and but actually, what I did for that company was very much based on me being able to understand scientific research mm. and translate that into. Um, 
uh, financial products, essentially, okay. without going too much into the weeds. And then I, uh, and then I actually moved abroad for a little while. Uh, but that's when the cards came crashing down. So uh, I basically was already diagnosed with anxiety and depression before I left to move abroad and took myself abroad thinking that would fix some of the problems that I felt I had and did something really naughty, which I would highly advise you not to do. Anyone who's listening to this podcast who it's relevant to is don't come off your antidepressants really suddenly because that's what I did. And I ended up in a really bad place. I had to come home in an emergency and get myself restabilized on medication, which is something we can maybe we can cover the details of that story maybe another time. But uh, yeah, so anyway, on this journey of kind of getting myself better again, mm-hmm. um, I was at home, I was off work, I couldn't do anything um, apart from basically wake up and go to sleep, um, is I had a family, a, an aunt of mine who had studied nutrition and had really gotten into it through some personal experiences that she had been through. Mm-hmm. And she saw me at home have... In fact, in this very room that I am in right now, so I had this big old panic attack and felt terrible. And she came back to my house the very next day and she said, okay, I really think we need to change your diet because I think that's going to make a massive difference to your mental well-being. And I thought, don't care, never been interested in eating healthily, like never, ever, ever, Um, you know, really like sugar way too much and uh just not interested so I wasn't quite ready at that point in time but about four weeks later I thought okay I'm ready to give this a go and I got back in touch with her and started implementing really slowly these changes tried to just have a bit of a healthier breakfast made one change that led into two then I started researching in my spare time, uh, going doing on free online courses to just educate myself on really what the basics were. Mm-hmm. What are carbohydrates, fats, proteins? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. Anyway, so this then led to it becoming a bit of a hobby horse of, uh, you know, I'll go away and go and work in a, in a health food store just to get myself back into work. Mm-hmm. Then it became, let me start the course because I'm really interested in this. Um, I found my recovery, although like we said in the last episode, like, you know, your recovery can kind of, your your recovery will go like this. I found that mine went like that. So it was still going up and down, but it was going up mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, and it became so much more linear and I just slowly got better and better. I was able to work more and more. Uh, yeah. And I just, I just got better. I got much better. And, you know, obviously I'm still working on myself and I still have to take care of myself. I still take medications. I still go to therapy, but in terms of like where I am compared mm. to then to where I am now, is two completely different people. Oh, so it mm. and it became me just wanting to help people that were in my situation mm. and more widely too, like get themselves out of that. You know, that was yeah. what that's what made me want to do this. Yeah, because that li- links quite nicely into my next question. What does it mean mm. to eat for your brain? Yeah, I know, really I know it's question. a, I know it's a very potentially it's a it's a whole subject in itself, and I'm sure there are there are a lot of uh, you know nuggets of of knowledge in there that you can share with us. If we just maybe into some sort of a summarized version, what would you say? 
Yeah, it's a really it's an interesting question. I think when it comes to eating for your brain, it's um, it's what is true for eating for your brain is basically true for everything else in your body, right? Like oh. it's about having a diet that's uh, you know rich, obviously in fruits and vegetables, uh, in fresh fruits and vegetables if you can. Um, although obviously we can go into more the in depths of like what food that you can buy pre-prepared is still healthy but it's it's basically about you know having lots of um produce in your diet mm. it's about li- limiting but not necessarily having to completely get rid of um other type other food groups but, uh in terms of like limiting the amount of dairy that you're having having some red meat but just limited amounts it's about having a lot of omega-3s and oily fish um because they're super important for your brain and uh making sure that you're having loads and loads of water so it sounds really difficult to it's really difficult to underpin but what's true for the brain is actually true for the rest of the body and what's what research has really found is that the mediterranean diet pattern seems to be the one that they have studied thus far it's not necessarily the best in the world but it's been the most studied so far that has shown benefits on preventing alzheimer's and reducing anxiety and depression so it's um and if you look at what the mediterranean diet pattern is it's it's um it's it's making sure water is your main source of hydration it's having um whole grain carbohydrates fruits and veg limited red meat limited dairy um and nuts and seeds and oily fish um and some poultry it's mm. kind of it in a nutshell mm. and I, I would say a lot of seafood absolutely well, a lot of seafood. i mean yeah I'm, I'm 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 the number one fan of um octopus in the sense oh, of yum. in the o- ocean and also on my plate i, I know they're very intelligent creatures that's true um and yeah, I don't want to go into the debate of whether it is ethical or moral to eat things that are alive, but yeah, I do eat octopus and yeah, I'm not sorry about that at the moment. No, and that's fine. Like I, you know, I have been a pescatarian for a number of years. That was a personal choice I made when I was 14, but mm. that's not to say that I don't think that I you know, I, I try and really listen to my body now and I feel like my body at the moment is telling me having some poultry in my diet would be a good thing. So I'm kind of like personally working on like, hmm. I live in a house with other vegetarians, so it's a bit more complicated and I'm Asian by descent as well. But that's fine. Like that's by the by. But anyway, my point is like, I'm trying to listen to my body these days and like think hmm. what is my body wanting me? What do I want to have? And trying to strip the guilt away from that and and I really think about it in terms of because of the personal journey that I've been through and understanding the science much, much more. I'm trying to think a lot more about what does it make sense to put in my body? Like, what does mm-hmm. my body actually need? What does my brain need? Yeah. And trying to really think about it like that and then not worry about the guilt side of it at all yeah. from yeah. any perspective, um, which is why, yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's an, it's never a short answer to answer the question of what is good for the brain. Like it's it's as long as any other answer I have because I spend so much time reading the research around it. Uh, so yeah, apologies for like waffling on probably way more <laughs> for that question. No, 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 no. It's very much appreciated. Um, the only thing I wanted to add on onto your answer, 
and not because I'm trying to to steal anything from your answer. It's just that from a um, research point of view, if you look at the zones around the world where uh, people live um, predominantly over 100 years old, you would find them in the Mediterranean area. You would find uh, the island in uh, in Italy and uh, also one in Greece. I can't remember for the What's life that of island me. in Italy called? I can't Do remember either of their names. Um, I, know I know, yeah. If you're really curious, uh, just Google or Bing, whatever is your search engine, um, Blue Zones. Blue and Zones, you yeah. Them. You will find them. There are three. Uh, major ones in the Mediterranean area and uh, one of the key things besides nutrition um, that they all share is the sense of community and belonging yeah that opens a whole other you know chapter but that's the only thing that I wanted to to add on to it is that you can see it you can you can you can go and see it (laughs) people live a much longer period of time and um, sometimes when you say people live over the, over a hundred, you imagine them being very sick, very crippled. These people are still going to enjoy their coffee up a hill every morning. So that yeah. kind of life over a hundred versus, God forbid, the ones Abs- who are very very sick. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, like I, what I would add is like also another blue zone is is in Japan as well. Mm. So um, yes, I think there's always a caveat around that I always put around the Mediterranean diet is like, yes, predominantly, uh, you know, and that's where a lot of the research started. So if we pedal back a little bit in this, in this uh, introduction on blue zones, it's like there was a researcher who wanted to understand kind of what makes people in blue zone areas live so long and live such healthy lives. And diet was definitely one part as was the communal aspect. And obviously also living, I think quite active lives in general, but then, researchers I think wanted to understand what what in that diet makes it so healthy and how can you apply that diet to disease prevention Mm. and particularly you know the burden of like diseases if you think about like the the financial the burden in terms of what it means for you as an individual who's suffered from those diseases um particularly from like long lasting illnesses it's huge Mm -hmm. so we are living longer lives elsewhere in the world but we're living longer unhealthier lives so what the blue zones and the blue zones like studies around around them were helped to open the questions of how can we prevent or quote-unquote treat uh some chronic diseases with um diets and that's why they've used a lot of the mediterranean dietary patterns Mm. but given that there's also a blue zone in japan i just want to caveat that and say it's not necessarily just the Mediterranean diet that's particularly healthy there are other diets as well it's just that they're possibly not as well studied but Mm. the the Mediterranean diet and the way that they eat which is what Denise was alluding to in that element of community is massively massively important Mm. Um, and it's a fantastic starting point for when you're eating for your brain and for your overall for your mental mental well-being and for your physical well-being for sure absolutely and that's the that's the thing they're interlinked so yeah we are as you said we are eating well for the brain but we are also eating well for the rest of us i mean it's not like the brain is just you know floating by itself. exactly <laughs> just here above the head and for those of you listening i'm mimicking some sort of cloud above my head or above my neck i should say and then the rest of us lives an independent life it's like everything is connected so if if the brain is one happy bunny then 
the rest of us will also be happier and the same yeah, totally. organs and things. Yeah. Um, if you think about this, so if you think about nutrition and if you think about uh, eating right for your brain health and for the journey that you, you've described for us that you've been on, what would you say were your top three learnings from all of this? What, what was maybe about yourself, so learnings about yourself? What would you say they were maybe unusual or maybe you didn't expect them? That's a really good question. Uh, I suppose what I learned was I'm in control more than I thought I was. Like one of the biggest things I think I've learned like in this process of getting well again, like, and that's diet. What therapy has taught me is how much more, how much more autonomy and control I have than I think I do. So like, you might feel like a lot of things are out of your control. Like you can't control what happens at home or what happens at work or what happens in your day, you know, some aspects of your daily life. And that can be true. Right. Mm. But what you can control are things like, you know, the micro moments of self-care that you can take for yourself. So even if you have a very busy life, you may have children or you may have other dependents that rely on you or whatever. Like you might still just find five minutes in the day where you're like, do you know what? I'll make some nice avocado on toast or like I'll make an omelet or whatever it is, or I'll, I'll meditate for five minutes. And it's just that element of autonomy and self and control that you have to actually benefit your life and make you feel better so I would say that's number one another learning that I think I took away was um this is going to sound really weird but but eating healthily can be enjoyable like it doesn't it doesn't have to be really restrictive like the one thing that I really practice is is and maybe you I I can see that you're like getting fired off about this it's just really exciting so am I but like I always say to my clients, I'm never about what you have to exclude. Um, I'm always about including. And by nature of including, you exclude more of the stuff that doesn't benefit you as much, right? So, yeah. I think you need to say that last sentence again. Okay. So it's not about what you exclude it's about what you include that's really important right and by including lots of really healthy beneficial stuff you naturally make there's less space for the unhealthy stuff it's still there but there's just less space for it Um, and as a result you're gaining more benefit you're just you're sort of gaining that that balance a lot better just naturally so I think healthy eating doesn't have to be restrictive it can be really enjoyable and this is coming from someone who really didn't care about food who Mm. loved mcdonald's who you know who do would eat all the fast food and not think about like fruits and vegetables and whatever like i just wasn't that interested and i found a genuine love for healthy eating because i i felt so much better in myself and and Mm -hmm. and actually I found that healthy eating doesn't have to be boring Mm -hmm. you know it can be really exciting in terms of like you know I don't know Korean fried like rice with kimchi or it can be like a really interesting you know you can make a pasta sauce that's just with all greens or like there's just so much you can do and and enjoy that it doesn't have to feel like a diet at Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. so I'd say Mm -hmm. that was the second learning and then the third learning was it may feel like it's too late to start, but it never is. Like 
never. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. My, my psychologist says this, she said this to me before, like she said, many people go through like life crises in like in typically it's midlife. She goes, you just had yours early because I became unwell when I was in my mid twenties. Um, and I'm now 30, 32. So yeah, I'm about like seven years post crisis in some respects, although I still have micro crises all the time. Um, but it's never too late to start. So you may feel like, oh God, I should have been doing this years ago. And maybe, but you know what? Even if you start now, it's still going to be good. It's still going to be beneficial. It's still going to make you feel better. So it's never too late to start. Those are, yeah, that would probably be my third takeaway. That is, yeah, all of them are very powerful. But I think the the starting point is the one that... I, I think a lot of people resonate with because if you you have this idea of oh my god I should have done it when I was X Y or Z in terms of I don't know age or, or uh, life moment or you can start now just just, totally go, just start yeah just go today yeah. grab an avocado and see what happens <laughs> honestly but absolutely it, honestly it doesn't like have to be an avocado you can be a pear or a tomato whatever it is it's just you can you can start now it, it's just yeah you just don't have to and it, do anything special or ritual like or i will start from monday or none of that you can just do it now just yeah and you know what like what i always say as well is is and maybe denise you probably i would imagine do something quite similar in your practice is like it's never like or this, the, what we also really have to get away from is this all or nothing mindset oh. of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like, uh, you know, I've got to be perfect and like nail this like brain amazing routine of like getting up at six, bloody coconut oil pulling and like uh, having a smoothie and uh, then I've got to get in a workout and then I've got to do this and I've got to nail these things every single day and putting all that pressure on yourself, having this all or nothing mindset, when actually I find the easiest way for people to make change and to sustain change is to focus on one thing, yes. nail it. Once you're confident, then change the next thing. Um, so it's, yes. it's not about overhauling your life in one go. Like these things take time. It took me time. I started off personally, and you know, this is a real cliche, is I started having a protein heavy smoothie. Mm. And um, I did that in the morning. Then I did one tiny change. Instead of having, I still had my toast alongside my smoothie, but I changed to a lower glycemic load toast. And we can talk about glycemic load in another episode, but basically a higher uh, fiber toast, for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I started using almond butter. And almond butter was the the ingredient that I talk about that blew my mind in terms of I absolutely love almond butter. I love almond butter so much. I have an almond tattooed on my wrist as a reminder of how far I've come. And like, uh, fun fact, never had it. I have no idea how it tastes like. What? You have You're to joking. introduce me to it. Oh, I have no Denise, idea. what is going on? I tried peanut butter. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> never I'm done almond. You, almond. Uh, almond butter I didn't like peanut butter when I first started eating health or even before eating healthier I I was just not into it but almond butter for me was like the gateway drug to healthy eating I don't know what it is but I just absolutely love it I have to try it I really have to try it you do 
Yeah. Okay. Um, I Sorry, I derailed your thoughts there for a no, second. No, no, no. You're absolutely fine. I just, uh, yeah, blew, that's just blowing my mind. Anyway, uh, where, God, where was I? Anyway, so yeah, I did all these incremental changes. Like even when I was starting out, like I had to go small because otherwise anything bigger than that was so overwhelming for my poor anxious brain. And even now, like, you know, I will go through challenges where like I'm less on top of my self-care game than I am at other points in time. So it's like, instead of being like, oh my God, I've got to set up this like really amazing routine where I'm like nailing it and like doing all these things. I'm like, no, hmm. you're already overwhelmed. Don't do that. Do one thing every day. Just try and hmm. do, just do one thing. Focus on one aspect of self-care. Is that going for a walk? Is that doing your meditation? Is that trying to, instead of like going for a fast, quick option, something that you spend five extra minutes preparing uh, that's even healthier do something like that it doesn't mm. have to be these huge ticket items that are uh that make that overwhelm you and then therefore paralyze you because mm. you just think you're going to fail absolutely it's it's one of the key things to to understand when in in psychology we call them thought distortions the all or nothing mm. it's a thought distortion yeah. i.e it's not the right way to think about things mm -hmm. life is not black or white it's a variety of shades of gray i would like to absolutely say. so all of nothing of oh i had such a good diet from monday to friday and then on saturday sunday i just splurge and i don't count my calories anymore that is a sign of all, all or nothing thinking and it doesn't really help you in the long run because mm -hmm. it makes you think of food either good or bad. And we can discuss this in a later episode, but in my point of view, food is neither good nor bad. Food just is. Whatever yeah. connotation you give it, that's what it will be for you. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, some, some food is, uh, you know, providing nutrients and is going to keep you full, of, um, you know, mm -hmm. full for longer and it will make your uh, brain cells just jump for joy while other food groups will just be like empty calories and your brain will be like, yeah, you fed me this, but I'm still hungry. Where are my nutrients? Yeah. Yeah, so, it's very true. Anyway, coming back to, to my questions for you, I have a, a couple mm. more, if I may. Sure. Absolutely. How do you approach sessions with a new client? Yeah, it's a really great question. I think like the first and foremost is to really understand what are they uh, want, wanting to achieve and mm. why I think is also really, is firstly really important to understand. And, and a big part of nutritional therapy is understanding your client's life story. So, you know, we really dig into what happened at some points even sometimes even prenatally all the way up to where they are now in terms of what medical procedures have they had medicines have they taken um uh you know what what symptoms have they had and when like physical or mental and we basically start to draw a timeline uh, and start to connect the dots between okay well they had you know they went on holiday to south america and they got sick from this tummy bug and therefore their digestion ever since has never been that great so you start to pick out these like correlations and things and you know you start to pick out patterns and things like that what we also do is we really literally go from head to toe 
to understand what the kind of physical and mental <laughs> symptoms that you're experiencing. And in understanding that entire, that whole, but what's going on in your whole body, um, and then also overlaying that with your routines and your already your daily habits, like what are the typical things that you eat, uh, what is your sleep pattern you're like, you know, your, your what is your lifestyle like? So we, so we start to put all that together to really understand the person. And that's actually the majority of the first session is understanding you uh, mm. as, as the client. And then, you know, we, we, we'll give you a baseline of what our understanding or my understanding is of what might be going on for that person. So maybe we notice that they're having a lot of digestive symptoms as well as like problems with, um, you know, maybe like brain fog or whatever. And then we can kind of say, okay, well, we think that actually addressing hmm. your gut could be important. And then we'll stop to think about, okay, maybe we want to do some testing or maybe we want to go in straight with some dietary changes and, and adaptations. And then it's a case of just monitoring and refining as you go along. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So really, like, the first thing is really understanding your client's story. It's understanding what they want to achieve. And um, it's un- and it's starting to put in those base changes that you would almost recommend to anyone but Mm -hmm. you know we do a very highly personalized approach but then and then monitoring that and refining that as as further consultations go along Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I, I I completely agree with with that approach to be honest um I have a question Mm. the geek in me wants to know if this is true or myth I think you've already addressed it in a previous presentation for um, the half. Okay. The half. Mm-hmm. Um, is it true that we only use a percentage of our brain? No. What a waste it would be if we didn't. So I think for a long time, and I, I don't know where this is, this flew around, but uh, or why this became a thing. But I think there was this myth that we would only use a certain percentage of our brain, and it was something ridiculous, like ten percent. Yeah, that's not true. Like there is, we, there is a film about that as well. There is a there is this oh, really? in, a, in a film. I can't remember. I think it's with Bruce Willis or something. Anyways, either in the nineties or the early two thousands, where this woman gets injected or poisoned with something, and then she's hyper utilizing all of her brain and makes her think and hear and do, and it's, she's like a superwoman because of. Oh that. wow. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, Bruce Willis aside, it's not true. Uh, it's a, it's um, yeah, it's a myth. I mean, like you use different parts of your brain for different things. So, like, uh, you know, you, you, you the, actually, it's actually the back of your head, for example, the occipital lobe, which is used for sight. Uh, you use the front part of your brain is more where your personality is seated, where you you make rational decisions. In the middle of the brain is where your memory and your emotions are processed. Uh, you use the base of your brain to control the, you know, basic apparatus of breathing and maintaining, you know, uh, life. Yes. Yeah, essentially. Being alive. <laughs> Being alive. Um, and then there's loads of, other, you know, you've got parts that control like your speech and, and all different parts. So like, it's not true, basically. Okay. Okay. Because I think there was a lot of uh, misconception and a lot of people thought, oh, if I, if only I can use my brain more, uh, then, you know, yeah, I'll be omnipotent or something. Totally. But like, I think the important thing is how can you use your brain better? I think that's the yeah. trick to kind of think about. And it's like, well, 
how can I, uh, you know, for example, use social interactions or yeah. use puzzles? How can I amp up my diet? How can I, you know, is it that mm. my sleep that needs to be improved? And all these will help you use your brain better. Um, but there's no such thing as, as uh, yeah, as the only using 10% of your brain. Sorry, guys. No. We're not going to get way, way special. or We're not going to develop Bruce Willis superpowers, unfortunately. It, it wasn't him. It was the lady. Oh, yeah. sorry. Okay. No, I'm going to have to find out what film this is. As I was talking about it, I think the lady that in question, the actress, I think is Scarlett Johansson. Oh, okay. So it kind of been that old then. That she becomes this special woman that can do anything and everything, and she fights well and she thinks well. And she, it's not, it's not Wonder Woman, is it? No. Is she in Wonder? No, oh, I don't know. We're probably going to get someone who's like screaming out the answer, but uh... yeah. Well, <laughs> write in and tell me. Yes, yeah, put us out of our misery. Yeah. Just comment and let us know which one's the movie. And if I got the, the actors completely wrong, I'm sorry. It was a spur of the moment. Um. Yeah, so we've talked about you and your journey and how you've become, you know, who you are today from a professional point of view. But who is Mira outside of nutrition and outside of being a neuroscientist? Mira is uh, very simple. Let me say, ah, something better came to mind. Okay, go on, go on. You can tell this is really not scripted, guys. Um, I normally ask my clients to introduce themselves in five sentences uh, without using their name, their profession, their relationships, or their age. So, for example, you can say, hi, I'm Mira, I'm 30, whatever, I'm a neuroscientist, and I have three children. None of that. So you have to present yourself. If you would like, it's a, it's an experiment without saying those commonly, you know, used aspects of. You. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, you started very well. You said you are very you are simple. I am, but can I use the word I? Yes, I yes, yes, yes. Press? Oh, okay, great, 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 great. You are. You are. Okay. You so are. I. Happy. Yeah, I. I'm very cerebral, so I love to think and to contemplate and to problem solve and all those things. So I would say I'm quite cerebral. Um, I can be silly, however, so I enjoy having a laugh and making people laugh and occasionally having some sharp wit. Um, I'm very caring, so I care a lot about the people around me. Uh, and I am, I, I love, I love the simple things like reading mm. and nice. Well, I say this, this is going to sound really bougie, but cause I can be bougie, but like, <laughs> I love good coffee and oh yes, just, I'm finding appreciation like seriously, like I find appreciation, I'm trying to find appreciation for the small things in life because they are actually really, really important. Um, so yeah, and I don't require much, like, apart from good company. Mm. So you're basically a plant. More or less, <laughs> yeah. Just, just water, water me, give me give me some nourishment, I'm good to go. Like, <laughs> I sh- I'll just shine. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. remind me of that thing uh, flying around on social media where you know I'm, I'm literally just a plant with higher standards just water me give me love put me in the sunlight and I'm a happy bunny happy happy yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah I'm not like yeah I I, I think like I'm just very I try to be very easygoing and adaptable uh, it's it's learning it's a work in progress and I'm absolutely a work in progress and I'm happy to be that because I love learning so yeah that was probably more than five sentences but well, uh, there you go I'm, I'm never unhappy with more sentences I think <laughs> from, from my practice's point of view I'm quite um, happy to come across with people who have more than five sentences more often than not it's less and, yeah uh, what I've experienced is it's they, a really good challenge. Yeah, what I've what I've experienced with people is they they yeah. Some of them, obviously, not everybody reacts the same. They get very uh taken aback of oh yeah, but I'm a mother. That's core of who I am. And I said, Well, you, you that is one of your facets, but that doesn't describe all of you. So that's yeah. why I take away some of these overused elements that we use to introduce ourselves because it's just like okay but what are you outside of this because before you became a mother you were still yourself so those that's a really good point yeah it's funny when you mentioned that when you set the when you set it up because I was kind of thinking oh well I've got a niece who's like a very important part of my life and and uh but then yeah it was I was yeah it's a really good challenge actually and it's quite it's kind of fun to remember who you are outside of of your roles and responsibilities mm. for sure for absolutely sure. absolutely and i this is something that i've actually learned in 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 my uh, you know recent training and and things like that because one of our teachers at the at the college where where i followed the the graduate scheme for becoming a hypnotherapist um is also an avid um i don't know if i'm using the right word yogi Mm-hmm. As in, he's he's very much into the whole yoga philosophy. He's not yeah, yeah, yeah. practicing. He's not practicing the yoga in that sense of being a professional, uh, a teacher. But he is very interested, and he takes a lot of inspiration from the philosophy of yoga mm-hmm. and what it means to be. And he always mm-hmm. challenged us in the sense that at your core, you just are. That's Absolutely. It. It's not like you are X or Y or Z or you are your feelings yeah. or you are your relationship. You just are. You just exist. Oh, yeah. 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 I like that idea. It's a really good point. So it's that's a really, sparked. really good point. That sparked this um, question. But yeah, I'm, I'm all out of questions. Amazing. I really enjoyed this episode. This was really fun. I'm glad we decided to do this. Yes, me too. So thank you. Thank you, Mira, for being so accommodating and for Pleasure. sharing thank your... You your life story with us. I'm sure we will learn more as we go along with this podcast. For now, I will hug you and leave you, all of you, listeners and you, Mira. And I I'm hugging you all virtually. Thank you. And I will uh, see you and hear you on our next episode. Yeah, so any questions, guys, uh, just uh, let us know. Give us a follow on whatever platform it is that you're using got to do a short plug at the end um and yeah dm us use our email we'll put it all up for you just in case you want to ask us any questions
拜拜。Bye. Bye.